The Bombers, 31-29 winners on Thursday, getting ready for the Labor Day Banjo Bowl home and home with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. If you've got questions about any of it for the coach, please do send them our way, 204-780-6868. You can call or text. You can reach out on Twitter at DT on OB. Uh, coach O'Shea, do you want to give out your Twitter handle as well? Doesn't exist. <laughs> have you? Have you? I, I don't assume you're a big social media guy. You, you never wanted to be a part of the social media world. Never wanted to do TikToks. Uh, it, it passed me by. It's, it's, by the time I wanted to, it was already the fad's over, right? So I missed it. <laughs> Just missed it by that much. Well, we will take your questions however you get them to us. Uh, your questions, your calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, Thursday win against Calgary. Uh, you've now had, I guess, 72 hours to look at it. Beating Calgary three times, winning an exciting game. W- what do you take away from this past week's win? Uh, always good to get a win against a good football team. I thought it was uh, uh, probably an exciting game for the fans. I think we still have work to do. Um once again, we're never going to, uh, you know, be disappointed in winning, that's for sure. But I think the players understand that we can, we can still be better. And, and a lot of those things, as I talked about before, it's going to take us some, some weeks of practice to get back into that kind of groove that, we, uh, that we're more happy about, you know, in terms of when we watch the film, we'll be more happy looking at it, saying we're playing better football. You had a significant fist pump at the end of this game as well, and I thought, oh, okay, that one must have felt nice. Were you just excited? Like, on the post-game show, you seemed super happy as well. Was this one any different than the previous nine wins? No, I just think it's, you know, you're, you're playing against a really good team, and it's a tight game. And, you know, when, you, when you're in those situations, it, uh, you know, it does feel good. Everybody wants to play you know, good football against good football teams, right? And I don't think we played our best, and I'm sure Calgary would probably say the same, you know, but uh, I thought it was um, very entertaining for the fans. And, it, you know, once again, it comes down to the wire. And I guess the way we finished mm-hmm. felt really good, you know, being able to run the ball, um, you know, effectively completing those short passes, having guys get north and get first downs and, and control the clock and therefore the game with, you know, with two minutes and 18 seconds left, that's against Calgary, you know, what I think is a good defense and a very good football team. Um, that's, it feels good. Yeah, I, as it should. I'm, I'm always happy to, to see that, see that, that folks are, are enjoying the work they do and, and the joy that you bring 30,000-plus of us who were who there to watch it. Your calls, your text, 204-780-6868. The phone line, we start with Steve. Steve, thanks for calling. Your question for head coach Mike O'Shea. Okay. Um, coach, I, I know you're very stoic and very serious, which is a good thing. <laughs> you've won a couple more great cups than I've ever won. But coming up this coming weekend, it, it I know you're trying to keep everything level-headed and everything, but this is a really big weekend. The Labor Day thing is a really big thing. I'm 58 years old. I'm older than you, Coach. So this is a very, very important but this is a big thing coming up on Sunday, and and 
I don't know how you can not even be excited about it. Or, or oh, that, that came out wrong. But but this is a really important thing that's happening Sunday. I'm 58 years old, and this thing that is going to happen on Sunday means a lot to me, and it means a lot to Bomber fans. Well, it means a lot to our team too. Doesn't I would say it shouldn't mean more this week than any other week, right? If that's the way you have to approach it, you have to be very even keeled. If you're not, you're going to play inconsistent football. So, and we've had you know we've had some of that too, but um, not because we're taking one opponent more seriously than the next or less seriously than the next. I, I you know the Labor Day Classic is not lost on me. I've been a part of a couple. Uh, so I realize that besides the playoffs, the Great Cup, this is the most important week in CFL football, right? And it's it goes nationwide, lots of you know big audiences and great you know hopefully great entertainment value for sure. So, um, but our approach inside these walls has to be, you know, we're playing Sask. This is our opponent. This is what they do. This is what we do. More importantly, this is what we do. <laughs> and, um, you know, just play good football. Yeah. The the rivalry ends up being more for fans in an organization, for, for you? Uh, no doubt. Mm. You know, I mean, it. they, they are a, a, a very good rival, obviously. Those games are, there's a lot of passionate people that attend both games. And that's not lost on the on the players by any means. Um so, but I, I, you know, we can appreciate the fact when we go into their stadium, it's loud and their fans are excited. And I mean, it, it's a good thing too. I think being cheered or being booed is <laughs> the 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 passion on both sides of that is is felt by the players, right? I yeah. Mean, it, it's that's that makes it exciting for sure. And you know, it's our job to control our emotions in both places. For sure. What's what's the feeling like? Because I assume, well, you, you had to have been on a team if you didn't necessarily make the play. But when you make an opposing crowd go completely silent because of a play you made, that must be, that's one, that got to be one of the greatest feelings there is. Yeah, I don't know if you hear the silence. I think you more, you're more tuned into your teammates, you know, appreciation for your play than you are mm. the yeah. sound of silence of the crowd. Somebody on the bench might note it, but on the field, you've tuned that out anyway, right? Yeah, it's it makes for great radio. I got to tell you. So uh, whatever you can do on Sunday, we are we are very much in favor. I'm assuming Gary is in favor. He joins us on the line. Uh, Gary, question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Actually, how you doing, guys? Actually, I got two quick ones. Number one, Mike. I'm not sure how honestly you can answer this, but was there a memo that went out to the referees about the penalties? Because two weeks ago, there was games with like 25 penalties. This past weekend, the games were like six, eight. No, there, there would never be a memo saying call less penalties. I can, I can guarantee you that. I knew you couldn't answer that. <laughs> oh, I did answer it. Yeah, yeah that's an answer, Gary. So we would, we, a penalty is a penalty, right? We, we look at the standards. We look at the rules, whether we need to add rules, change rules every single year. We address those issues. We look at the standards every year to see if the penalties are being called to the way the rules committee sees it, which is the rules committee. There's a lot of, you know, 
people a lot smarter than I am on that. But, but I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, <laughs> it might be also the, the fact that the week before, a lot of guys were getting called, and maybe they realized, geez, these guys are really watching me. I better, I better start playing straight up. Well, our players, like, who's, the, who's the best running back ever played against? Ever? Yep. Oh, boy. In the CFL. Yeah, ever. Um, well, Mike Pringle, <laughs> you know, he, he he could do it all, and he could do it all day long. So, and he went head-to-head quite often. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's uh, Troy Davis. He packed the wall up, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of good ones. There's lots of good ones, obviously. Luckily, there's good linebackers like you to stop it. <laughs> Well, if they ran into me, I did all right. (laughs) (laughs) Gary, thank you for your call. He did all right. What is it, 1,100 and something odd times in his Canadian Football League career. A couple of texters and a Twitter asking, uh, Coach O'Shea, if he thought Willie Jefferson's roughing the passer penalty was legitimate, did he contemplate challenging it? Coach? Well, before the break, you said we only took one penalty. And, you know, generally speaking, two is better than one, but... Not in this case. We took two penalties. One was declined because of incomplete, and then the Willie Jefferson penalty, which, yeah, I thought about challenging it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that you're going to win that one, right? He um, unfortunately comes down. The, the quarterback goes down. It looks like he's been pushed down with force, right? Now, did he hit him in the head? Nope. Did he get him above the shoulders? Yes. Um we, we looked at it. We looked at it again and again. You know, I'll, I'll wait to hear back from the league to see whether they think I would win that challenge. Once again, I kind of approach it that way. I send mm-hmm. in clips and say, hey, do I win this challenge or not? Just to try to keep trying to improve, coach myself on what I should be throwing a flag on or not. But I, I have a hard time believing that in this league, with the way we protect quarterbacks, which is a good thing, um, that you win that challenge. When I got to watch it on the weekend, I see Willie's hand kind of brush the maybe the top back and the back of, of Mayer's left shoulder, uh, and I thought, I, I still don't believe that's a penalty, but then the thing you said last week rings in my ears of, yes, but am I going to win that challenge? And, I, yeah, it's 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 so tough, and then you only have one. So it's yeah, if you get I, it wrong, you have one. What, you know, we've talked about it a few times now, and yeah. I think that's what people, fans, have to realize is it's not about – what we see, it's what about it's what the command center sees, and the standard they look at, and whether or not there's enough evidence to overturn it. So it really doesn't matter what I think I see. Yeah, <laughs> it matters what they're going to see, and whether they even have enough replays. Because sometimes, depending on the time in the game, in terms of the the right before the quarters, they don't even have a lot of replays. Right, they've gone to something else in the broadcast. So they might not have access to everything in a timely fashion either. So I'm not trying to let myself off the hook. I'm just trying to, when I challenge, I'm trying to win them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Prove a point. Well, and, and they, they ruled it on the field an incompletion. Whereas at the moment we may have thought it was a touchdown by Willie Jefferson and uh, a lot of things going to that. So uh, coach O'Shea on the Willie Jefferson roughing the passer penalty. Let's go back to the phone line and welcome in Kate. Kate, thanks for your call. What's your uh, question for coach Mike O'Shea? Uh, hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Great game Thursday night. A few more gray hairs. You guys got to <laughs> cut that out, okay? Um, I'm wondering, did, you've had way more injuries this year, definitely than last season, or so it seems from a fan's perspective. 
the NFL cuts are coming up. Do you, is that something you get involved with, Coach? Do you uh, work with the scouting team at all? Do you tell them, hey, maybe you should be looking for this or that? Um, I'll hang up and listen. And, hey, Labor Day is the most important game of the year so far. So good luck. <laughs> Play a safe yeah. game. Take care. Thank you. It, it is the most important game so far because it's the next one. Um, with regards to NFL cuts in the scouting department, the scouting department has a great understanding of where our roster's at. They're, you know, they pay attention every single day to um, where we're at in terms of injuries. They get the reports every day from Al Couture, and, um, and I get the NFL cuts every day. So everybody across the league would get basically the, the transaction wire from, from that. But uh, we do like our roster, and I know it seems a little depleted right now, but we're about to get some guys back, too, that, that have been working hard to get healthy again. So um, it's one of those things that we talk about on a, probably a daily basis. Today, those uh, and well, tomorrow apparently those NFL cuts are going to include Chris Strebler uh, and Adam Schefter reporting that the Jets have advised Strebler he's going to be released, despite the fact that he was an absolute superhero for them over three preseason games. Uh, Coach, a texter wants to know if you would have interest in Strebler. I, I imagine if he if he wanted to come back to Canada, uh, more than a few teams would be interested in Chris Strebler. Oh, I'll say this until you know. Whoever reports it, reports it. I, I don't, you know, until it comes across the wire as being this is what's happened, I, I don't pay attention to it, to tell you the truth. Uh, secondly, I'm sure Chris Treveller has done enough to warrant another opportunity somewhere. Yeah. For sure. He's been absolutely phenomenal, and I'm so excited for, for his opportunity and his next opportunity, really. I think he's and I'm not down there, and I shouldn't speak for, for that league, but it would be crazy if some team didn't pick him up with what he showed, you know, how capable he is and that added dimension of being able to run the football. Um, you know, he, he's different. He's different than, than what gets trotted out there a lot. So I think, he's, uh, I think he's done great with that opportunity. And... Um, I'll see in the next couple of days if, if what whoever it is is reporting is true. And, and uh, from there, I would imagine that he's going to, you know, have another opportunity, which he should take. Absolutely. Yeah. For folks who weren't following Chris Traveler with the New York Jets, three times in three preseason games, he went in with the Jets trailing. He helped propel them to a comeback win in each of those three games. And for the preseason, he was the team's leading rusher. In rushing yards, uh, just a, a tremendous effort for the Jets uh, from Chris Strevler, but they are apparently set to release him, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Gail is with us on the line. Gail, thanks for your call. Your question for head coach Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I have a question, a comment, and a wish, and I'll go off the air when I do all three. Um, question. Are you worried about Marino in the Saskatchewan game? Comment. I think we should have gone for the field goal and the, before the end of the half. And wish, I wish you all the luck. <laughs> Thank you, Gail. Coach, are you worried about Garrett Marino? Uh, I don't worry about a lot of things with the guys we have on this team. Always feel good going into every game and understand guys are always, always going to do their job to the best, best of their abilities. 
then uh, her thought was we should have gone for the field goal with 10 seconds left in the first half. What w- yeah, hindsight is always perfect, right? What, mean, as you approached that, you called a timeout with 10 seconds to go. What were you, what were you thinking? What was your kind of get, plan? We're trying to get three plays. You know, we, we think with 10 seconds left, we can run two plays and still have time on the clock for a field goal. Okay. Like that's, we, we, we understand those situations and um, yeah, it's, one of those things that we we know we have the ability to do with this offense and how fast they can they can move the ball and and get lined up and get the ball snapped again i mean it's it's not like we're in when we're in that operation when they're in, we're in that mode of operation they're you know three and four seconds aren't running off the clock while we try to snap the ball it's the whistle goes the ball's being snapped we're executing our play. The guys understand to get down right away. The whistle goes. We get lined up again. The play's called. The you know the whistle comes back in. The ball's snapped right away. The play like we we can operate at that that kind of level of efficiency. So with ten seconds, we think we got a real good chance to to get it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. The next like time, not, like that, would not be something <laughs> out yeah. of the ordinary for us. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say the next time that arises, you're doing the, you're trying the exact same thing. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it it's really is based on the flow of the game and you know how things are going. Um, you know, so I wouldn't. It would be hard for me to say that I, if all the situ- if the situation is exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not looking back on it. You know, yeah. in the back of my head and going, oh, we we might turn the ball over. I'm I'm saying, hey, we're gonna score a touchdown. Yeah. That's what I'll say the next time, too. We're going to score a touchdown, you know? So, yes, the exact same scenario comes up again. We're doing it the same way. Yeah, in the postgame show, Zach said, hey, I shouldn't have thrown that pass. And uh, he's a guy who is very responsible with the ball, and it everything everything seemed to make perfect sense. So sometimes the other team is, is good as well. Andy is with us on the text line. He says, could you ask the coach to comment on referee Al Bradbury's career in his retirement from infield officiating? Uh, the game Thursday was Al Bradbury's last after 22, se- 22 years, and I believe it's 350-something games, coach. Yeah, an incredible tenure, obviously. Um, completely committed to the game, the league, uh, you know, the, the, the players involved in the game, the player safety issues, you know, he's, as with all of us, we've had to evolve as the game has changed and, and he's, you know, been right there and, and seen it all happen. So, you know, to, to put that much time in, um, you, you can't do anything but thank him because obviously he's passionate about what we do. Yeah, it was. It's an honor. I did some umpiring of baseball when I was a young man, and I realized this isn't going anywhere good because you, you re- there's a defined set of skills that you need to have to be an official. To I would almost especially in football where this is this is twenty four grown men throwing themselves at each other at a thousand miles an hour, and there's some some guys have some anger issues, and you have to know how to keep the flow and keep guys from grabbing helmets and smashing other guys with the helmets. I. I, I just have a ton of respect. As much as I'll yell at them in spots, a ton of respect for the the men and women who uh, who help. Uh, I mean, who officiate the CFL level. That's that's an incredible skill set they have. Absolutely, and and it's for from the fan standpoint, it's probably thankless, right? Like you're not yeah. getting a lot of support from the fans. I would say, <laughs> you know, 
anytime you make a call in stadium that the, the home team doesn't like, they're going to let you know it. But uh, yeah, obviously he he's he's really cared about our league. Uh, and the people in it, which is, I think, is pretty cool. Yes, all the best to Al Bradbury in uh, wherever he is off to post CFL. Your questions, your texts, your tweets, send them to us. Uh, we have one, Coach, about conceding a single late in the game. Uh, Nick Taylor and punt return, 5.05 left in the game. Cody Grace punts. You guys lead 31-28. Taylor stands on the 15. It goes over his head into the end zone and conceding a single. Why did you like that move at that time? Well, I th- think the way we were moving the ball and uh, the way Legs has been punting, you know, we take the ball at the 40. There's a real good chance that we end up getting points again. Uh, so I think the punt was 70-something yards, and, you know, you, they netted, I don't know, 30 or something like that, right? So yeah, um, that point got us 40 yards. You know, if you look at the return aspect, it probably got us 25 extra yards of field position starting on the 40. Realistically, that we only had punted twice that game, so I think we're going to get into scoring position anyway and, and help hopefully seal the, seal the game. And then if we don't, we'll punt them and pin them. And, um, you know, either way, it, it worked out. Now, they did get a holding call at the end of the game, which pushed them back, and then we were able to finish them off after they punted. But, um, yeah, calculated risk, obviously. Um, and every game will be different on how you make that decision. Yeah, they punt from their 48, so they end up netting 22 yards and getting the single point in that. And if Taylor catches that, the ball bounces at about the 10. The the cover, the first gunner down, I think, is probably at about the 23 at that time. So, how far is he going to go? Is is that just for for fans? Is that predetermined? Like, does Nick go out there with explicit instructions of if A then B, if C then D, that kind of thing? Yeah, there's always instructions. Okay. Always, every returner has to get instructions before he goes out. I like it. Uh, how, how did you feel about it? it? Was Nick's first time returning punts since? Gosh, he said 2013. How, how do you feel? He didn't have a ton of opportunities, but what did you think? Yeah, you you wouldn't you wouldn't put him back there in that those situations where you got to make decisions unless you trusted the guy implicitly. So that that's one of those. The reason you maybe change your returners up during the game is for those types of situations where there has to be a a, a really good decision made, right? So um, lots of guys on our team can catch the ball and you know our quick enough and fast enough, good enough athletes to return the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in those areas or those times of games, it's the decision-making that you really need um, to be sure of. So, yeah, bottom line is, yeah, we, we love the guy. <laughs> yeah. With good cause. Brett is on Twitter at Bomber underscore Nation. He says, any update on Carlton Agadosi and his recovery? Yeah, he'll still be a bit, he'll be a while yet. You, you mentioned in the previous segment that some guys are about to return back. Is there anybody you can you can reveal to us that makes it back to practice this week? Uh, we'll see in a few days. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, for for folks who are, who are curious, Michael Couture, we saw him at the game out of his cast. What that means for his return, but the cast is off, and we can. And uh, Kyrie Wilson was no longer in a walking boot at the game. So what that means, I have absolutely no idea. But just the facts. Just the facts. 
at BomberFan204 says, Brady Oliveira's really stepped it up lately. As a coach, did something tangible change, or was this as simple as it finally clicking for him? Oh, well, you know, football's a great game. There's a lot of people involved. So, you know, just when people have uh, negative comments about how things are going, the same thing, you have to temper it when there's positive comments. I think overall we're playing better football. Um, did Brady have a part in that, in, in, in being better or improving in certain areas? Absolutely. Did the O-line have part in that? Yeah, absolutely. They've, you know, gelled more, you know, or, or are doing things uh, better, you know. Is, uh, you know, the receivers blocking better? Sure. I mean, there's, a, there's improvement that goes on throughout the entire season. So, you know, I'll always spread everything around. You know, yeah, but yeah, Brady's Brady's playing good football. So is his O line, and so are the receivers in terms of their commitment to level and their execution in terms of blocking. Did he get dinged up on the interception uh, at the end of halftime? Was that was that when it happened? Because we didn't see him at all in the second half. Yeah, I I haven't gone back to see exactly what play it was. I mean, I've chatted to Brady after, and and I'm sure he'll be I'm sure he'll be fine. We like it. We like it. Uh, Michael in San Antonio is on the text line again, 204-780-6868. Do you have any post-game analysis on Zach's two interceptions, he wonders? Uh, Zach's a very good football player. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you want no one else back there. You just want him him doing his thing, right? Yeah. uh, when, When those things happen, you just have so much belief, faith, trust in in your trigger man as a leader, as a pro, as a guy who can, you know, he'll look at it critically for whatever amount of time he needs on the sideline, which probably isn't very long because he probably knows exactly what happened, you know, as he's releasing it. And then he's moved on to the next and, and, and figuring out how we're going to win this game, right? So um, you love him for that. You love that ability to just move on. I'm going to add a, a a secondary question from Michael in San Antonio. Do you have any uh, Do you have any post game analysis on the side judge who got steamrolled and then rolled back up to make the touchdown signal? That that seemed super impressive. <laughs> People are impressed by that, eh? Well, you know, you got to keep your eyes on the game. So I imagine that's what what he was doing was he was so focused on on making sure he could have eyes on the call that you end up getting whacked. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's another reason. You you talk about Al putting in over 350 games. Imagine the, you know, the being able to officiate that many games and stay healthy yourself, right? Because right, sometimes yeah. those officials get whacked. And it was uh, Ron Bars, right? I think Ron, that yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the footage, and good for him for for being so focused, you know. And I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's all right. I'm, I presume he's all right. I'm, I'm sure he is. As it was a Stampeders touchdown, I'd have been fine if he was, you know, got the call the other way. That would have been fine by me as a, the guy calling games. But uh, it was. It's always fun. I'm, I'm glad he's okay because football players are not sized like regular human beings are, and they move super fast. So I, I was happy it, it turned out the way it was. Uh, Kevin has one. I want to slide it just before we go to break. He says, uh, Coach, if you think back to the draft in 2020, Nathan Rourke went 15th overall. We didn't have a first-round pick that year, so we didn't pick till 18. Can you remember where you guys had Nathan Rourke on your draft board? 
Oh, I would think everybody liked him. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a question. Everybody would have liked his ability and you know um, what he showed in in college. It's whether or not you believe that's a fit for your roster or a need or a want, right? So um, how did we have him ranked? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, which I'm not going to go do, uh, honestly. Um, But I know we would have liked him. We would have spoke highly about him, and then we would have probably liked who we had in our room. So... Yeah, Rourke now out for the season with a, well, out for a long time with a foot injury. Going to be interesting when the most outstanding Canadian votes come in at the end of the season. Will Rourke still get some of those despite missing half of the year? Sarah's on Twitter says, one more win and the Bombers clinch a playoff spot. Coach O'Shea, how will you celebrate? Sarah wants to know. Like this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. just just dead silence just dead silence uh it's it's that i mean for for bomber fans it's that close hamilton can max out at 10 wins so with an 11th win the bombers would clinch at least the crossover spot as they uh pursue a third straight gray cup title as as we approach home and home with the saskatchewan rough riders as you've looked at the saskatchewan rough riders what are they this season what do you see when you watch them well, we're going to have our hands full. Don't, you know, I don't care what their record is. They're a good football team. As you said, Labor Day is, uh, would be a, at their place. They'd be fired up. There'd be a lot of fans, probably a sellout, I'm sure, screaming and yelling. Um, they're certainly going to be, uh, you know, fired up to play, and they're in the hunt, right? They want to win some games and put themselves in a position to to do some damage in the playoffs, and that's, we stand in the in the way of that, uh, you know. So, um, yeah, they can they can run the football. Uh, Cody threw the ball well last week, obviously, and their defense is very opportunistic. They'll take the ball away. They're certainly going to run around and hit you, and, and they're going to rush the passer extremely uh, extremely well. So, they should be they should be a good football game. The game is sold out, so thirty three thousand five hundred screaming bomber and rider fans w- will be in attendance there. Does that level of noise force uh, you guys to change anything when you're at a very loud road game? Does any do you have to do you have ways to adapt to that that you need to go to? Yeah, every team that that plays in Saskatchewan or in Winnipeg, for that matter, would have the ability to use a silent count system or a, a different way to get the ball snapped. Uh, in a timely manner. So um, that'll be the, you know, that'll be what we'll have to do, obviously, is we'll have to figure that, that how to play with that crowd noise. Just like when teams come to, to our barn, they got to figure that out too. Mm-hmm. Does It doesn't affect, uh, say, your communication to the booth or the field-level coaches to the booth and back? No, not really. Not with the headsets. I mean, sometimes you can, you know, you can – hear it getting loud through the through the headset but no it's not an issue very good very good uh one texter wants to know does the team travel to and from regina by bus or plane um this year i think we're taking uh red river carts (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna ford a couple rivers along the way well i just wanted to throw a little historical reference 
being where we live, it's a fantastic. I mean, that those are great carts. They work really well. <laughs> I was I was trying to I'm like, is that a bus line here? No, I think it may be. So I was going to my Oregon Trail experience on the old PC. Uh, yeah, uh, I, a texter also wants to know exactly what hotel are you staying at and what room will Zach be in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I suspect. Um, are are there special? I, I don't know if you'll if you'll answer this, but do you guys stay in Regina or are you are you out of town because of the rivalry? Eric, I will not answer any of those questions. I like you I, can I answer just, them however you like. I will not answer them. <laughs> I, I will just I will just uh, yeah. I just had to throw that out there, but uh, I appreciate that you won't uh, that you won't answer that. Um, I'll say uh, this. Yeah, wherever we are staying, we will bring security. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. Uh, another texter, 204-780-6868. Uh, wonders if you would talk about Buck Pierce and his impact on the team. Oh, he's been great since he's been here. I mean, it's I'm so fortunate to have worked for this long with him and uh, get to be around him. You know, I, I just I love his passion. I love listening to him talk to the players. Uh, besides all the good stuff in terms of offensive mind and creativity and you know competitive spirit, all that stuff, but boy, I, when he when he speaks to the guys, I you know it's just nice to see his passion and they they you know they just can feel it in him, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's got it. Do I don't actually I have no idea the answer to this. Do they know what he was as a player in the CFL? Like, do the guys coming to the team now know what he was? I don't know. I don't know that it matters. You know, I, I, I'm, I think we're past that point, right? He puts them in good positions to be successful. And I think first and foremost, that's, you know, that's what you got to do. You, you give, you give young guys the ability to be better. Um, and they respect that. Yeah. I, I just remember a guy who would be get, get hit by a bus and then keep playing and go, this guy might be the toughest guy, you know, I see currently on this team. And, and, and you go, wow, I wonder if that if that perhaps carries a little weight, if if anybody would know. Uh, Roger is on the text line. Coach, you have a great locker room. What do you say for motivation when the team seems to be struggling? Yeah, they're, they're, these guys don't need motivation. They really don't. It's they're they are driven um, and. Uh, you know, no matter what the record is or what the outcome is of games, I just firmly believe that, you know, athletes at this level have a certain amount of drive that they just, they want it bad enough all the time, right? I don't I don't know that they need any kind of speech to motivate them, right? Now, are there times where, you know, their life is busy outside of football and we have to, you know, we chat about other things. I think those are probably more important conversations than trying to get a guy fired up to go out and hit somebody. They, they all love that part of the game. Why do you say more important than, than perhaps a motivating speech? Well, I just, once again, I don't think it's necessary. I think the guys are, they are highly motivated. That's how they got here. Right. So I, I just, I have a hard time with that concept that these guys need motivation. They are motivated. That's why they're here, right? The the guys that aren't motivated to play pro football aren't playing pro football. Yeah. 
the guys that are in this building and in a lot of other buildings around this league and other football leagues, they are highly motivated people. Um, and because they drive, because they already have that drive, a, a, a speech isn't going to change anything for them, right? They're they get it. <laughs> are you are you telling me every football movie ever all time is lying to us? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Favorite football movie? Do you have one? I, I I haven't seen a lot of them. I uh, the old uh, the old Longest Yard is that Longest Yard? Burt Reynolds, the Burt Reynolds, Reynolds one. Yeah, sure, that was fun. Ah, that was, uh, I would think that was like 1979. So we're really dialing back. But no, uh, I remember we had a conversation about any given Sunday and you hadn't seen that one. That I, yeah. you, you never saw the man's eyeball pop out in the championship game, nerves and all. But uh, uh, Oliver Stone at his, uh, at his worst uh, with that one. Uh, <laughs> w- one final text for Richard wants to know uh, your impression of Greg McRae in this game. Yeah, he's been fantastic. This game, yeah, I, and I say being that because I didn't even listen to the part where you said this game. He, he's been fantastic for us since he got here. He's He's been like a sponge. He's learned multiple positions. Uh, his demeanor is fantastic. Like, he's just a, a really good guy to be around. Um, and then he gets this opportunity to line up in the slot and has 95 yards, gets a couple touches rushing, and, uh, yeah, he can do it all. That's what's so important about him is he can line up in a bunch of different spots and be very, very effective for you. And apparently he can catch touchdown passes while simultaneously catching a defensive back that he underplayed the touchdown catch he had. And I thought that was, that was an incredible play. And as much as it may be, he feels like he could do it all the time. It was, it was sure something to watch. And we certainly hope that he's got another one coming up for Sunday. It is the Labor Day game. It's Sunday right here on 680 CJOB. Doug Brown and I will be there. Ed Tate, Ted Wyman, the whole cast of characters as well as the Bombers and Riders go head-to-head for the first time this season and for the first time in what will be three games in a four-game span. Coach, thanks for your time tonight. Thanks, Derek. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. The Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.